You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. My name is Jay Trask, and I'm the head of archives here at UNC. I'm an associate professor, and I also am the history liaison. The, the three big things that we're doing in archives are we want to figure out which records are actually things that need to be saved. So when you think about your life, you think about all the records you're generating. So each Facebook post you put up, each tweet you do, each podcast you do, those are all records of your life. Um, not all of them are of equal value. Like, you know, uh, a receipt from Starbucks, that doesn't really tell us about you. So as an archivist, my job is to look at records and make decisions about what tells the story of this person or what tells the story of this institution, what tells the story of whatever those records are supposed to be about. And you make mistakes as an archivist doing that. I know I made a terrible mistake, you know, early in my career where I thought, um, because I didn't have a background in, in um, in steel production for some reason. I was working at a steel archive and uh, I elected not to keep some records that I think actually would have been valuable for people doing hardcore science research into steel production, but I couldn't think of any reason to keep them. But so you get, you, you train yourself and learn what stuff you need to keep. So we're figuring out what to keep. Then we have to figure out um, how to make that stuff accessible. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if we've saved these records, if people can't find them. So we have to figure out ways that somebody can like use the internet or come to us and find what they're looking for. So like if here at UNC, if you're say you're interested in who was, um, you know, the first uh, African-American athlete on campus. Um, if we don't have ways to point people to find that information, they just get lost and, and it doesn't matter that we're saving those records. Right? Yeah, it's it's somewhere there, but that's part of your job is to make it accessible yeah. a quick and easier way. Right, yeah, because you know, archival yeah. research can be kind of daunting and, and intimidating and we don't want that. We want to make it as easy as we can. So, And then the third thing, and this is what everybody thinks of when they think of archivists, um, is preservation. So we once we figured out what needs to be saved and how you can access it, we want to make sure that it's going to last uh, for a long time. So we think about, you know, we know things aren't going to last forever because everything disintegrates and it's really sad. But we want to make it last as long as we possibly can. So we do that with, um, that's why you see archivists wearing the white gloves occasionally and that's why you'll we have temperature and humidity controlled spaces to store things um that's why we put everything in those fancy archival boxes is so that um to slow down the natural decay of everything so you know if, if you think back to like chemistry the warmer some a place is the faster the chemical reactions happen mm -hmm. and so they'll just and everything's just eating itself up so so like photographs um like the photographs that you'll see at your parents or at your um, grandparents' house that have all turned red, that's just because the dyes are uh, disintegrating. Yeah, they're just disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, and the red is the strongest dye, so it stays the longest. Mm -hmm. um, but if you reduce the temperature, you're gonna reduce the number of chemical reactions that are happening. Um, and so that will help 
preserve that image longer. So that's a that's quite the responsibility. I mean, because of we you literally have centuries worth of documents of all different types. You're having to choose which one is most important, right? Because you know how yeah, I like how you brought up the steel example because it's like, what if my Starbucks yeah. <laughs> yeah. receipt was needed? Yeah. You know, and that was a trivial thing to yeah. this next part of my career, right? I know. So I mean, and that's scary. So then when it, I I had a follow up on that part is, do you just just throw the other stuff away when you decide that it's not worthy of keeping. Right. It really doing? depends. So like um, um, we sometimes will, we've got different options. There are different options for what, what's going to happen. Um, we can destroy it. And that happens if we think that there's no use whatsoever, or if there's privacy issues that we have to respect um, so that we could never make the records public. Um, and that would be um, because, you know, when you look back at old records, a lot of them have, like, social security numbers or, like, mm. like really personally identifying information that we don't want to get out there. Right. Um, but sometimes, like, we'll have a collection that somehow ended up with us that doesn't really belong with us. It doesn't help, like, our mission, but we know that it might be useful for another archive so we'll talk to like the Greeley Museum or um, folks over in Fort Collins or sometimes even you know across the nation um, we'll reach out and say hey we've got this collection that details oh like thinking of Fort Collins we got this thing talking about irrigation and we know um, CSU archives focuses specifically on water resources mm -hmm. and so they're a better fit because if you're a researcher it'd be easier just to go to Fort Collins. Um, and w whereas here, we're more interested in, um, our focus really now is history of education. And we're reaching out to try to start to document historically underrepresented groups. So we wanna get more records from groups who have traditionally not been part of the archival record or are underrepresented. Right. Um, so, you know, we've got, so CSU knows that we're after that kind of stuff. So if somebody brings them that kind of material, they'll reach out to us and say, hey, we've got this collection. Can you guys handle it? How often of an exchange does UNC have with, you mentioned Fort Collins with CSU, but how, how often nationally do people reach out to here and vice versa? Well, it's it's kind of a random thing. You know, yeah. it's hard to give, you know, uh, credit. So we'll get... We get people offering material to us all the time. Mm -hmm. So we'll get like private citizens who will just, like just the other day, it was really cool. Someone um, sent us two boxes of um, photographs from the normal school era. So from before 1911, oh. um, their great aunt had come um, to school here back you know when it was the normal school mm -hmm. um she was here i think in like the 1890s and took tons of pictures had tons of pictures of the campus at when it was the normal school um she went on to be a, a school teacher taught in sterling colorado and then taught out in um, los angeles so you know we get people all the time reaching out um that's when we like to catch people so if somebody's like hey i've got all these civil war letters mm -hmm. um in general i'm gonna say that's probably not it's probably not best not to give it to us let's try to find a place mm -hmm. to give it to it so we try to stop it before it gets here you point in yeah. the right direction <laughs> yeah yeah we try to work with other people um and you will occasionally get you know people reaching out to say hey we got normal school stuff um or if they're outside of colorado if any kind of 
will occasionally get CSU stuff because of the way that the name changes are confusing to mm. everyone. This all sounds exciting. Can we go around and explore the archives? Yeah, that'd be great. I love showing off our collections. It's always really fun. Mm -hmm.